She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. JK, I did not touch NASA robots. Nope, not Enema. Nope. I decided I'm a sock in this moment. I know what I came for, and it gave it to me. I'm an angry rainbow for sure, but I am a rainbow. Bangity bang, is that a bang bang bangity bang? Bang bang, bangity bang, is that a bang bang bangity bang? Cause how dare she have ovaries? I had a frog in my throat the whole time. I'm like, trying to do that without coughing. Oh my gosh, you're a mess. So, so look behind me. Look behind it's me. It's so pretty. Look, it look. looks so good. Look. You're so, fancy. Thank you. Tom You're bought me bookshelves for my birthday, and I have never had anyone buy me bookshelves. The, the bookshelf that I moved all of these off of was just like a hand me down, but no one's ever bought me bookshelves before. So, That's so sweet. I feel very loved. He knows how much you love your books. Yeah. Well, he also knows when I say, look, I don't want you to buy me anything else but this, that he should probably <laughs> buy that. Thing. I mean, again, <laughs> My husband's best with direct. Yeah. Usually he likes so. to like not get that thing. But this time I was like, look. <laughs> um, so I tried to make a reel of me loading uh -huh. the shelf. And yeah. I was wearing this shirt that like it has a slit in the back. Like uh -huh. this. Yeah. The droops a little bit. But it doesn't show off my back except as I'm bending over to pick up the books and put them <laughs> no, on the shelf. Oh, no. So I start looking at it back and I was like, wow, that's just all my very large back. <laughs> so I don't think that one's going to be posted, but I did um, do a Instagram reel showing off the bookshelf. I just, yeah. um, it's just not that one. <laughs> yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Uh, my week uh, consisted of one very, very full basketball game where the Northern Middle School lost for the first time ever. Mm. And the girls were like, as we're driving home, they're like, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. Mm. Were they <laughs> both involved like, in this one, too? No, it's just Piper likes to go. Oh, okay. Piper likes to go and Liv just cheers, mm -hmm. but... Piper doesn't go and sit. Piper won't sit in the. They have a student section for mm -hmm. the middle schoolers to encourage them to come and like be participant. Mm -hmm. And the vice principal and the principal sits down in the end, so parents can just like drop their kids off for the basketball game. Mm -hmm. Middle, it's like because it's like runs from like three thirty four ish till like dinner time. So it's yeah. a great way to entertain your middle schoolers. You know, during the week, I go Piper. Don't you want? To get, and they do like a theme thing and everything. So I'm sitting next to her one day, game, and I go. You don't want to go sit with your classmates? And she goes, they're idiots. I'm not going to go sit with them. Oh, man. She has already decided that everyone in eighth grade is an idiot. Well, it's probably not far from the truth. So. No, it's not. So. Um, so, anyway, you want to talk about what we're talking about? Yes, let's talk about this book this so, week. It's been a quiet week for all of us. <laughs> this is the first February romance read. We're doing it four is. romance reads for February. And our first one is this one here, Allie Hazelwood's Sweet. Love on the Brain. And I'm so excited. I was so excited for this book. It's, it's so, so good. Fun. And we did her first book, Love Hypothesis, mm -hmm. um, last year in February for season two. 
Um, we mm-hmm. also did romance reads and I picked a book that was romantic, but wasn't a romance. And I, I failed the assignment. So, but this time they're all romance reads. Yes. And all romance uh, reads. this one is, um, like I said, Allie Hazelwood's second one. So it is um, science, good. STEMI, witty it's, romance. I have a lot of beef, like with some of the accuracy of the Houston area. <laughs> I know you do. We'll definitely cover that since we both lived in Houston. For um, a good long while. Right. Uh, and it kind of my makes oldest me- child was born in Clear Lake, really close to NASA. So <laughs> seriously, mine too. Yeah. My youngest was born down the street from NASA. Yeah. All right. So synopsis. Synopsis. All right. Dr. B. Konigswasser is a total Marie Curry stand. She's also Horror. an amazing neuroscientist who has just been offered her dream job with NASA. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she will be co-leading the NIH and NASA project with her nemesis, Dr. Levi Ward. <laughs> B- Ain't it always how it is. <laughs> right. B and Levi met in grad school where their relationship was contemptuous due to Levi's complete disregard for B's feelings as a human being and a scientist. <laughs> Because how dare she have ovaries? Right. <laughs> While B is not looking forward to working with Levi, Levi is filled with nerves because he, in fact, does not hate B. Um, quite the opposite. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> right. Levi, surprise! Surprise! Levi is not only harboring long-term feelings of romance for B, he is absolutely awestruck by her abilities as a scientist. In a secondary story in this classic enemies to lovers trope, B is acting out her Mar- Mar- Marie Curie obsession through her Twitter art alter ego, What Would Marie Do? or WWMD, an account dedicated to calling out the gender biases faced by women in STEM. Along the way, WWMD has made friends with a man and fellow scientist called, named Schmeck. What will happen when her real life and her online life collide. What will happen? <laughs> the funny we thing is, we literally just read that book. <laughs> right, we read one of those in we December. We literally just read this book. Literally in December, literally. and then tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow literally. had a little piece of that too. Um, no originality, right? But it's so funny to me because I was like eight pages into the book and the first time Schmeck is introduced, I texted Katie who's already read the book, our friend nurse Katie, for those of you who are new to our pod. Um, and I said, I 100% believe that this person is going to turn out to be Levi spoiler. And um, I'm it was like, in. it was like, it was a softball, man. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. Whiff. Like, come on. Yeah. It wasn't come really on. necessary to the story, but it didn't, no. I didn't hate it either. But um, Katie wrote back something about like, it's almost like you read a lot of books. And I was like, fair point. <laughs> no, we don't read that many. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, she might outread us because we're reading about a she book does. a week, but she can finish like a She goes so read. fast though. Yeah, she's a very fast reader. So much faster than I am. Mm-hmm. All right, so can we go ahead and start questions? I mean, I guess so if you want to. I mean, it's why we're here, isn't it? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right, this is our... 
It's a sock day. I'm sorry, gang. This is when when so ADHD has two sides, Mm -hmm. and usually you're seeing me at the peak of my ADHD, Mm -hmm. everywhere up and down, and right. This is what they call the ADHD crash, where I'm just a decided I'm a sock. Oh, I just figured you were high. (laughs) No, no, I am just. I am a ADHD stock. It is literally love mode up in this bitch. All right. No, I wish I was high. That actually would probably make me a lot funnier right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. This is the second Allie Hazelwood we've read for the pod. How do you think this Work. one compared to her first book, The Love Hypothesis? It is her style. Yeah. She has a style, a tone, and a voice. You know who she is. Yeah. If I pick up a book, by the cover picture, or even if I just read the text, yeah, I could have opened that book in any page, and it it, it would have been her. It's Allie, yeah, one hundred. It's her. It's her mm-hmm. voice, right? This woman. When we talk about artists, writers as artists, right? Like collecting their thoughts and narrowing their voice. This is it. Yeah. Chessie knows her voice. Oh, right? yeah. Even though Chessie writes, Chessie writes multiple genres. She writes several right. different genres, but, but it's very clearly hers. It's all her, right? Mm-hmm. You can definitely see her hand, her mind, and her thought process, right? right? right. John Green. Same thing. Hank Green. Yeah. Same Green. Yeah. Dr. Harkness. Um, I have more. It's just not coming to me right now. Well, I want to but... include Stephanie Meyer in that, but I really think oh. the problem is that she just can't yeah. write anything. Andy else. Weir. <laughs> Andy oh, Weir. Andy Weir, 100%. Kareen Slaughter. Karen Slaughter. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there's just some there's authors. There's a clear voice, yeah. There's a clear voice. Stephen King. Clear voice. I would say you know Emily Henry, too. I love yeah. everything she writes. So. 100%. But yes, that is, there was 100% consistency. Good for her. Yeah. Good but for her. Here's the thing. A lot second, of, right? Yes. So she's written a collection. Of, well, so she's written some short stories. And she right. recently uh, published it in a collection, um, Loathe to Love You. So this is right. three um, short stories. I actually have not read this yet, but it did come out in January. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then she has a another n- novel coming out this summer, um, mm. which I've already pre-ordered. Um, but it's all the same thing. It's her STEM romance uh, thing. She um, definitely has like a niche. Oh, for sure. But She's for me, for me, because I am really attracted to like the nerdy, yeah. uh, smart. You have a type. I do. Broody. Yeah. The witty banter that's so flirtatious, but also so mm-hmm. dry. Like that's what I'm into. And so like her writing and that of Emily Henry, which we're going to read later this month, like that really appeals to me because that's how, what I'm attracted to right. in real life. Like that's my right. husband. It, it, it just feeds the flame. Yeah. But I have to say, so I loved the love hypothesis a lot. And that was one of the first, like uh, for pod that we read that was like real, like, wow. The sex scene was like, whoa. Um, mm-hmm. But she got a lot of flack for that one because spice talk was all like, where's the spice like this is one sex scene but for me i love a slow burn so i was like Mm -hmm. into the fact this one had more sex i think i was gonna say that so this one was a lot more sex and i actually um you know i love to read the author's notes you know i Mm -hmm. love it the acknowledgements um and she uh at the in her acknowledgements she uh thanked um i think it was her editor um for Uh letting her add in sex scenes over and over and over (laughs) again (laughs) 
like till the very end. Oh, author's note. Here we go. Um, Noted. No, it might be in, uh, it might be in her acknowledgements, but in her author's note, she talks about um, how much she hates standardized testing, which is a big part of this book. Word. Um, so, and, and here's the thing. If you don't know anything about Allie Hazelwood, she actually is a woman in STEM. Mm-hmm. So she's writing about this, you know, what it's like to be essentially an outsider. I mean, that's what Piper's life is going to be like. She's going to be an outsider. Um, yeah. And I. Yeah. She's used to that though. There are, yeah. There are a lot of organizations that are trying to encourage girls to do more STEM because we just do not have enough women in that. Um, but uh, anyway, that's what she's writing about. And I have to say, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure that I liked Levi more than I liked Adam because I really, really liked Adam Carlson. But Oh, I think I like Levi more. But I think I liked the relationship. Maybe not. Oh. Maybe not. It wasn't a slow burn. They were banging. <laughs> well, you also, the characters are two different people. You oh, have to for think sure. about... Brie and who's in the first book? I can't remember the name of the Olive. The first book. Olive. That sounds right. Anyways, Brie and sure we'll call her Olive. Brie and Olive are two different people, B. right? Not B. B. Not Brie. Olive. Yeah, Olive Smith. Olive and B. B is worldly. B is you know knows who she want is she. She's realized that her heart's in her vagina and she's good with just not. She's decided to cut those strings and move mm-hmm. on. And it, it's, yeah. it's um, complicated for her. It, it's less complicated for her than it is for Olive. Right. Right? Right. Um, and Allie Hazelwood is not American. So I kind of wonder if some of the, like, international that comes out in B was, like, inspired mm-hmm. by, like, her yeah. um, life. But I don't really know. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know. I, I like them both. I'm going to read everything Allie Hazelwood puts out because I mean she writes yeah. men she that write I good. want. You're attracted to. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Next question. Please. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. B and Levi have an em- enema nope, not enema. Nope. I hope they don't. There's no enemas in this book, gang. Nope. This is an enema-free book. Nobody's being enema pegged free. either. <laughs> no pegging either. <laughs> what no book pegging. was that? Spoiler alert. Um, okay. Uh, B and Levi have an enemies to lover-esque story. Despite yes. the predictability of this trope, did you find oh, their love story compelling or believable? Oh, I called... I was ringing the trope bell as soon as we started. 100%. I was like, what up? It's a trope. All right? the but tropes. All the tropes. It works. She leans She leans into it, right? She she goes, you know what? I'm going to write a trope. Mm-hmm. Her, and you know what? She writes it well. She writes it smart. She writes it fun. Yeah. So fucking do it. But you know what's interesting, Molly? The hmm. book that we're reading for next week my Delilah issue, Green doesn't care. Delilah Green doesn't care. My issue with that book is how cliche it is. And, oh, see, but and how I hard like it leans into the tropes. But this one, Love on the Brain, I'm like, I know what I came for, and it gave it to me. So but what, these are what is going types. on? I this is sapphic. You definitely have a type. <laughs> 
There's nothing wrong with being straight, girlfriend. I'm just saying. It's. I don't think it's because they're women, though, because I don't have an issue with, like, red, white, and royal blue. Right. But you're attracted to men. You're not attracted to women. So it's like what Tom said. It's because of the penises. But I yeah, don't. It's I, the penis. I don't know. Penis, penis, penis. Vagina, vagina, vagina. I don't know that Delilah, the sex scenes and Delilah's weren't sexy. They were sexy. I just didn't like the characters. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. We'll talk about it next week. Um. So did you, did you find their story? Like, was it believable? Was it compelling? Um. The realist, it is realistic that scientists fuck each other. I mean, NASA's small. Do you remember the conversation we had about the astronauts banging in space? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it is not surprising at all that, like, this is going on. I've been to NASA. I have a lot of beef with this book and, like, setting and shit, especially since I feel like she's never been to Houston for more than a second in her life. The funny thing is she talks about, in her author's note or her acknowledgments, one of them, how much she loves the lab in Houston. Molly is waving her bullshit flag. You want to know why? You want to know fucking why? I because do want to know why. Houston, a goddamn walking city. No, you can't. Houston, Texas. No. Listen. Listen to me, people. Oh my gosh. Listen to me very carefully. I am very angry. Houston is not a walking city. Mm-mm. Houston is not a walking city. I'm sorry, that was loud. To the degree that I am yelling. I am yelling. So from where where I lived in League City, which was the neighboring yeah. town to Clear Lake, which you also right. lived in League City, which is the neighboring right. town to Clear Lake. Yes. It took me an hour to get to the grocery store that was on the same fucking street that I lived on. Yeah. Also, NASA's not in Houston. That is Clear Lake City, friends. It's Clear Lake. Clear Lake City. But I'm pretty and- sure they call it NASA Houston. Johnson, they have to because okay no, so i actually Houston. learned this this is actually fun knowledge random knowledge knowledge ready gang so sure. when i was active duty um the all connects i promise it all connects it i, believe I have you. a i know you do um so when i was active duty we were working on the plans to move sector houston from downtown to the port to the air station at ellington okay mm-hmm so they had the, like, f- plans and the blueprints and everything. And I was sitting and I was watching and I'm taking notes. And I look up to my commander and I ask him a question. I go, why are we doing it there? That property is, like, I'm looking over this and I go, that property is twice as expensive as the properties, like, down the street technically in Webster or League City. Right. Or even Texas City would be cheaper. Right. And he goes, the government, the U.S. government and the state of texas have a deal and this is the same deal that every state makes with the government when it comes to military bases and government bases it has to be attached to the major metropolitan to give them the acknowledgement and you know that the glory that the namesake the, the title of owning such things so houston sector houston right air station houston NASA, Houston. Even though it's not Houston, it's Houston. Yeah, but they didn't call the base that was whatever the island. Ellington? No. The the Coast Guard base that's on... In Galveston? Galveston. That's Galveston. They don't... 
that that's not the closest large metropolitan area. But it is a sector Houston Galveston base. Oh, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. It's all sector Houston Galveston. Well, yes. The the least believable thing about this was not the cliches, was not that some astronaut no, tried to shoot her. No, the least believable was, thing was we're gonna walk to NASA. No. Bro, and NASA's I bet in NASA's labs. I have been in NASA's labs. I have touched, I haven't touched NASA robots. I'm not going to get in trouble for that one. I've not touched NASA robots. JK, I did not touch NASA robots. But say it one more time I and have, I'll believe you. I have not touched NASA robots. She has not, folks. Okay. Okay. Anyways, it looks like a middle school, a 1970s middle school lab, mm-hmm. like science lab. It is not fancy. There is no glass walls. There is no fancy walkthrough. There is a lot of security. There is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It looks like an old science lab. All these descriptions are wrong. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Well, I don't know anything about that, but I, I do, do know you can't walk to NASA. <laughs> you can definitely. I mean, you could, but you're going to be drenched in sweat. Mm-hmm. Tits, pits, everything. Like yeah. you're just gonna, you're just gonna. And be she soaked. was there in the summer. You're going to be soaked. It is, and it is not sitting outside weather mm-hmm. in Houston mm-hmm. in the summer. Mm-hmm. And the you're, you're hummingbirds don't come out in the summer. They hide. They they, they hibernate. They go somewhere. So I cooler. once saw a hummingbird in Houston. I was uh, at a library. It was part of the Houston public library system, but it was kind of close to Pasadena. Uh-huh. And I was sitting uh-huh. there working on grad school work. This is when I was like in grad school for my library science degree. Yeah. And I heard a bang on the window and it was a hummingbird had ru- had hit the window and fallen. Because he realized he was in Houston and he didn't belong there. No. Molly, this guy that was like kind of like across from where I was sitting, like uh-huh. diagonal, he and I both looked at each other and we both kind of like looked at the hummingbird laying on the ground and we're like, that's so sad that hummingbird died. I am not exaggerating. 40 minutes later, the hummingbird motherfucking came back to life and flew away. <laughs> I was like, did you guys just like, I was like, what the actual fuck happened? Did you guys just go, oh my God, we saw the second coming. <laughs> no, I think he was gone by then. But I was just like, what, what the, what? <laughs> I think and nobody probably, will ever believe you. I think it probably <laughs> knocked itself out. Yeah. Concussion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're needed, tiny. Needed to bounce back. Yeah. He just, he needed a timeout. He's fine now. This isn't one of my questions, but do you think this is enemies to lovers since he really loved her the whole time? Is it enemies to no, lovers? No, it's a miscommunication trope. Mm, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. I agree with you. It's a miscommunication trope. Yeah. All right. Allie Hazelwood writes a lot of funny quips in her books. Do you have a favorite... Or- uh, from this. Oh my god, they use my line at the end. Her sister calls the TV the guy guys. And how many times, like, I literally pulled my headphones on and I go, Matt! Guy guys! And he's like, what? And I go, guy guys! And I put the phone and he's like, huh? And I go, I have been using this phrase. Mm-hmm. For, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I have a, when I had the toddler in the house, that's all he called men that weren't Matt. Mm-hmm. Guy guys. So guy guys. when my phrase was in this book, I'm like, Damn it, Allie Hazelwood, I was going to use that. <laughs> My favorite one was sausage reference. That oh, all the of women them? need a men, man to, like, say, all right, she's cool. She's in the club. Yeah. Like, 
I wish I had like a Kobasa Fest references when I was active duty. Mm-hmm. You know, like she has some clever ones in there, and I was real jealous that I didn't come up with those when I was active duty. Yeah, because you were in off. a male-dominated industry too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, B had a pretty awful BL before Levi. She is an orphan. She has a broken engagement due to her fiance cheating on her with her best friend. Um, she has a terrible and sexist boss. Do yeah. we really need all this baggage for her character arc? It's realistic. You think that much? I mean, I mean, being an orphan, no. But having being estranged from a sister, having a shitty childhood, having a life not go your way, having a terrible boss. Uh, as people of trauma, we sometimes absorb things we don't need. Is all I'm saying. I just thought. That you could have focused solely on the fact that the, her relationship fell apart because, well, first of all, it wasn't just the cheating. That guy was an asshole. Right. Um, I mean, but I just, didn't need the sister either. It's just, no. it's just, I think she needed, the the writer needed somebody, Allie Hazelwood needed somebody for B to talk to. But she had somebody. She had Riki. It just wasn't working. It, like... I know what she was doing. I just don't feel like it works. Yeah. Does that make sense? I I just don't think all of it was necessary. Like, I no. feel like what was necessary. It's enough slices! <laughs> <laughs> it's feel- enough spices! <laughs> That's enough sprinkles. Don't, don't try to tell me how to live my life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just thought the, the, the big focus should have been on the relationship trauma that she experienced. Um, that would have been enough in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Levi's been in love with me since grad school. Is it realistic for a guy to harbor those unrequited feelings for that long? Yeah, but I don't see him not getting married or like sitting around waiting and he really and didn't she because definitely... he did have other well except that but we find out that relationship that... that relationship that he had was before he met B. It doesn't seem like he's had a relationship right. since meeting her. Well, what's ir- what bothers me is he's so obsessed with this girl so much mm-hmm. and follows her work and knows all the thing. Mm-hmm. He didn't know she was div- wasn't married? Yeah. That was a for me. It just didn't make sense. It, it didn't was an make un- sense. And I it didn't make sense. I get it that the ex was probably not forthcoming it, it with that information it. because he knew Levi had feelings, mm-hmm. but like, bruh, you wouldn't have known that she didn't get married. Yeah. I mean, a, a Google search would have fixed that. A, I mean, yeah. A Facebook stock. Like, I don't. Seriously, a quick Instagram school. Right. Right. Um, she uses social media, so we know she's. And she's probably got a regular Twitter, not just from Maria Curie yeah, one. She so does. And you would have definitely found that. I, I just think it's unrealistic that he would have stayed attached to her so long without having relationships in the middle. Like it really, yeah. like he actually, when they have sex for the first time, he says it's really been a long time for me. So this might be fast, you know? So like we never get a clear answer that he's had relationships since then, but it doesn't seem like he's had many and nothing serious. I, I, if, Nothing serious. I think in his mind, he was probably like, well, that was the girl for me, and now we're done. Might as well have some fun. Look, even if you're socially awkward, you don't do that. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed unrealistic. Yeah. 
All right, spoiler alert, B and Levi get together. No, you don't fucking say. In a romance book. I know, right? What are the odds? What? <laughs> B thinks This is all new information for me. I've not read this Brand book. Brand new information. Um, B thinks that they're just fuck buddies, but Levi is right. ready to go all in. Cliche right. or well-written? <sighs> Cliche and, I mean, she's denser than a fucking door because, oh, like. So much so. Like, he's saying when we do this. He's using the royal we. Uh You are in a relationship. Yeah. They were living together. Word. (laughs) Word. Word. Her cat liked him more than anyone else on the planet. Right. Like. Right. Um, I don't really read these books for, like, some nuance. I I I want what I expected. It's I want fun. We read it for, for. fun. Right. It's fun. Yeah. So I want the predictability of a rom com. So mm-hmm. I don't mind that you know that this was the cliche of you know he fell first. But also mm-hmm. I kind of have a thing for the he fell for first thing because this is probably my own insecurity. Like I feel like you want to be loved and longed yeah. for and desired. Yeah. Like, Girl same. I have the whole. Girl same. I have the whole like. Who would want me, you know? And then. Or girl saying. Right. And then. I got Tom. You did get Tom. I did. And he's got a beard down to his belly button. Let's not talk about that. (laughs) It's a troll beard. I hate it. Have you tried braiding it yet? No. And let me just tell you about his beard. I'm going to take a side step. Midnight Baba. Where's that? What's that sound? Just take clippers to it. The Midnight Baba. Come and cut your hair when you're sleeping. That one on TikTok. I've not seen that. But let me just tell you a little bit. I'm going to sidestep here because here's the thing. For those of you who do not know, my husband is our editor. So he will very much have to hear what I'm saying right now. Yes. (laughs) So he has like one strand. Like it's very (laughs) thick here, right? And then he has just this little strand like that goes down to his belly button. Oh, like right here is is goatee-ish. It goes, goes down, down to his belly button, but it's only like the goatee. I mean, it's only like a few strands of hair. But it's the goatee. So why isn't he growing the rest out? It doesn't grow. <laughs> so I I don't I like laugh at you, buddy. <laughs> I don't like his beard, but I feel like I would at least be more accepting if it like grew better <laughs> it just stopped. not everybody's supposed to have beards <laughs> he has not cut it since he got out of the guard i mean maybe he's got to do it in his own time he's not gonna cut it i mean maybe one day when he trips on it he will <laughs> on sunday i thought i thought he had spilled something on himself and we were about to walk out the door for church i was like baby you spilled something on yourself he's like no that's from my beard being wet and in my shirt like gross gross (laughs) all right that's enough picking on my husband now (laughs) another spoiler alert turns out b's online identity has been uh interacting with levi's online identity for years Thoughts on the storyline? I'm guessing that's what those bells were. <laughs> that's the thought. Yeah. Like, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary. I mean, I get the needing the Madame Curie storyline to kind of, like, 
feed her identity and stuff. But, like, I just... I feel like what Allie Hazelwood was trying to do with this story was to prove the point of how um, racially discriminant and um, gender discriminant mm-hmm. the the uh, college entrance exams, the GRE, and like yeah. admissions were. Um, and that was a pivot from the story. So she tried to make it work in here, and it didn't need to. I mean... It feels like an author putting their political agenda in a story so that they can push their political agenda while also telling a story. While I Which is what with happened her- with Roy- Red, White, and Royal Blue, and that was the part of that book I didn't like. And I get her point. Mm-hmm. But this was not a political statement book. Mm-hmm. This was never intended to be this. This is a bubblegum romance. No offense, Allie. Your writing is good. You're a mm-hmm. smart writer. You use smart language. But this is bubblegum mm-hmm. in the best ways. This is bubblegum. This is bubblegum. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with bubblegum. Mm-hmm. It's just stay in your lane. Right. Right. <laughs> you want to write a, a book about STEM and romance and politics? Then write that book. But write it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Don't give me this whole bubblegum bullshit and then halfway through, all of a sudden, it's a political statement and then we're doing a fun run at the fucking end? It just doesn't make goddamn sense. It's so funny that you're saying that because my next question's about the politics in this book. <laughs> Sorry. So, Did I go ahead? Um, let me just read what I wrote here yeah. and then we'll keep going on what you're saying. Sounds so, good. All right. Let's talk about the larger story surrounding the love story. B and Levi are working on creating helmets for astronauts that would stimulate uh, Which, brain function. Brilliant. Super cool idea. Yeah. Probably definitely in the works. Probably. There Super is a awesome. whole backstory about how the helmets were designed. There's a lot of political nonsense that can potentially delay the project. There's even a competitor who may or may not patent before then. And there's this over-eager astronaut named Guy. How did you think this story, this story did with incorporating a larger plot than the romance. So I'm going to defend some of the NASA stuff mm-hmm. that happens inside the building. Mm-hmm. That first conversation about shutting a project down and mm-hmm. slow rolling it and let it water mm-hmm. itself out happens all the fucking time. 100 Happens all the time at NASA. Happens in the military. Right. Happens at the Pentagon. Happens right. at, it, it happens all the time. Right. Corporations and government agencies can't work together. Right. And so, like, that was part of the problem in um, during the oil spill, the big oil spill mm-hmm. in um, mm-hmm. the Galveston Bay, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. the Galveston Bay, the the Gulf Coast. Yeah. The, the, you know what I'm the talking Gulf about? The Gulf of Mexico. The big, the, the big one that the Coast Guard was involved with. Yeah, the Gulf of Mexico. The money, the reason that took so long was because FEMA wasn't taking care of it. The company wasn't taking care of it and the Coast Guard couldn't take care of it because right. they needed funding and they didn't know who was paying for it. Mm-hmm. And the longer it sat, the longer it, it all comes down to money. Right. It all comes down to money. And that is freaking. I mean, that's the politics now. I mean, Coasties aren't even getting paid, may not get paid soon. Like, yep. It's just money, mm-hmm. money. Okay, your turn, because I'm just rambling about money now. So I definitely thought that this was, like, that was realistic. I mean, Mm -hmm. I work for city government. It happens in city government, too. Um, Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, but I don't necessarily think that all of that, well, what she did a good job weaving all of that together with a romance, like yeah. love hypothesis, because they weren't working on a project together. They did a, she did a better job weaving together their romance because they were right. only together in the context of their relationship. Whereas right. B and Levi were working together. And so we had a much larger story than like the romance. And I actually like this one more because you do have them interacting more. But the politics do make it muddy. Yeah. It, it, we have, you know, we have the, the, the gender politics. We have yeah. the race politics. We have the testing politics. We have the money politics. We have the government politics. We have the us versus them politics. It's just, there's so many things we're screaming about. Mm -hmm. You can't hear the storyline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm being critical right now because I feel like that's what we're here for is to be, to give an honest review. But I loved this book. I did too. Like, agree. It's not. I mean, even though I'm being it's not critical, a bad book, thing. it's a very no. good book. It's a great book. I liked it I a mean, lot, and I mean, honestly, my literal biggest beef with this whole book is the fact that nobody can fucking walk from one place to another in fucking Houston. <laughs> that's too. my biggest goddamn beef. With this it bothered book. me too. I uh, actually... Also, you can't get locked into a fucking... Uh, cemetery? Cemetery. Yeah, that was a little weird. Um, Nobody runs cemeteries. I, I actually did give this uh, five stars. I'm trying to see my did you? rating. Any more questions? Oh, yeah. I gave this five out of five stars for uh, um, the story mm -hmm. and then four out of five for the spice. So, um, yeah, I've got a few more questions. Are you good? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I don't have a question here, but this is what I want to talk about. Uh, B's assistant, Rocio, is the emo princess we all need in our lives. When she falls in love with the project manager, Kaylee, and talks about how she would wear glitter for her black, of course, I laughed so fucking hard. It's, you know who it is? Who? It's um, Penelope and what is the chick from NCIS? Um, Abby? Yeah, it's Abby and um, what's her face from Criminal Minds. I don't watch Criminal the, Minds, but I know who you're talking about. It, it, it's them, yeah. right? It, they're polar opposites. Yeah. It's it's um, it's Wednesday Adams and um, and Enid. Enid, you it's know, like it's us. With her roommate, it's us too. It's, yeah, it's us. Like there is a dark and a light. Yeah. You have to have balance. The funny thing is, I like think as it, soon as she started getting flustered, I knew she was going to go for. Her. I know. And then that whole story of like, are you sure that he feels about you the way that I feel about <laughs> Kaylee? And B like had no idea that it wasn't hate. Um, I, the funny thing is going back to like the Wednesday and Enid thing, like the sunshine uh -huh. and the, the storm cloud. Uh -huh. Like I feel like what people see of our personalities is that you are the dark and I am the light. But the truth is that I am emo as fuck. I know. And I am super bubbly. I and, know. In our, <laughs> and normally our wardrobes reflect it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yes. You wear a lot of vibrant, bright colors and patterns. And I wear solids that are dark. Um, the only thing that's light is like my eyeshadow is always like some funky, fun color. But Pink or something. Yeah. I am purple in shades of gray. 
Like that is my email. And I am license. every. I, I I am a rainbow. But I'm an angry rainbow for sure. But I am a rainbow. Like I'm the, the meanest rainbow purple, you're ever going to meet. You're like the dark purple My Little Pony that has like the rain cloud on its butt. <laughs> you're still pretty sparkly, but you also a. Uh, I also a have a pocket bitch. knife in my boot, my pocket, and there might be a pin that is sharp in my hair. <laughs> I mean, you I, have literal training in killing people. Like, I don't have that training. So. It, it, it's laps, but yeah. <laughs> But I love the story of the two of them and the fact that they like have sex in B's office on her desk and she's like, what happened? And she's like, aren't you in a relationship with with a guy? Like, and she's always like, uh, you're so just not getting it, B. Like, that's how the audiobook narrator was. Because she's all Gen Z. I love She's that like there was like I love that there was like a Gen Z character in this. I'm trying to think if I can think of any of the dark lines. She's like, my soul is the river, and her light is my sun, and I will never drown without her. She like wants to meet some weird ghost that drowns. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, the wailing woman. The what in the world? I hope she. Be- I think I have communing with her. <laughs> what? The fuck? You you know who it is. She's freaking um, Kepner, not Kepner. Um, April in uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah, April. April in Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah. She's April in Parks April and Rec. April Ludgate. Ludgate. Yeah. Yes. If they ever made yeah. this a movie and Aubrey Plaza doesn't play her, I'm I'm well, going I mean, to I mean, sue. Honestly, honestly, Aubrey Plaza's getting a little too old to play that. I was actually going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, she's brilliant. The girl though. who plays Wednesday Adams can be her. Yeah. Did you, have you seen the video of Aubrey Plaza uh, telling uh, Drew Barrymore that she's her mommy? And it's super like, every. It, it's sexually confusing for everybody. I don't know who's not sexually confused by that scene. The, she uh, was the host of SNL a couple of weeks ago. And Leslie. Oh, Nope. Oh, it was so good. That Leslie Nope and April Ludgate did a. Yes. A, like um, Amy Poehler was on the show and they she's, did a whole bit. It was she's funny. so funny. It was so funny. Um, all right. So another spoiler. Okay. Guy turns out to be a total shithead who was trying <gasps> to tank the project no, from the start. not Guy. Did you see it coming? No. I thought really? it was. I thought it was one of the engineers. I the, I thought Guy was a shit was going to be the one fucking shit up because he didn't get the lead that he was well due. But I didn't first, think I didn't think that it was because like I didn't think he was like, going to murder people. I thought he was actually like feeding information to the competitor. Right. So at first, I thought it was the engineers after she corrected them on where the mm-hmm. stims had to go. Right. Yeah. And I was like, and okay, there was that guy that was like, I took a level one engineering class in undergrad. Neurology. Neurology. Yeah. And she's like, cool, because I have a PhD in it. So. Right. But I was like, okay, they're fucking with her. They don't like her. They don't want her with her boss. They know their boss has a thing for her. Maybe they're trying to get rid of her. I thought that it, was my assumption. I assumed then, it was the the guy that was above Levi. That's what I is, assumed. Yes, and then I assumed it was him, especially since he was like, "Let's just let this let let's yeah. let sleeping dogs lie," you know? Right. But I was surprised it was Nick, guy, guy. I wasn't surprised. Guy was 
a part of fucking something up. I just really thought that he was going to have been giving information to the other people. I... Because they left that I, plot just hanging there. We never find out if they continued making their thing. We don't know anything about it. Unfinished stories. Zero out of ten. Well, I think the whole point of that story was, you know, to increase the timeline, but also so that they could right. go to that con so she could run into her ex, which right. I just don't know that what that else? was the best way. I mean, it's how, how else are they going to build their relationship? As, you know, Levi and B, if he can't protect her from the terrible boyfriend who broke her Well, and that's how he found out that the ex was the ex. Because he didn't know before then. Right. Um, Katie asked me if I had gotten to the banging yet at one point. And I was like, nope. But they just checked into a a conference. So I'm assuming it's coming soon. (laughs) Because it's always one bed. There's a one bed trope coming up. It was it wasn't at one bed, but yes, I actually texted you when that happens to Delilah Green. I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's the one bed trope." <laughs> All right, so uh, let's we got to talk yeah. about the sex. We got to talk, talk about the sex. So this book has way more spicy scenes than the love hypothesis. So yeah. what did you think of the spice in this book? I thought it was a good amount. Mm-hmm. It wasn't heavy, like, I'm sure fine print is. Oh, man. It, fine print is just bang, bang, bangity, bang, bang. Bang, bang, bangity, bang. Is that a bang, bang, bangity, bang? Bang, bang, bangity, bang. Is that a bang, bang, bangity, bang? If you don't know what we're talking about, we are referencing How I Met Your Mother. I will put it in notes. I, but if you're not, if you don't know what we're talking about, I feel bad for get you. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. What such, are you doing? Such a good show. <laughs> What are you fucking doing here? Go. Go watch How I Met Your Mother. Come back. After after you're done, come back. But yeah, it's just like, it was a really good amount. Mm -hmm. And there was a good buildup. I don't, there was no scenes that stuck out to me. There wasn't like any bookmarks. Mm -hmm. It it was just good old fashioned romping, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, there was a scene that stuck out to me for sure. Was it the one where he had her on her knees? Hmm. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I honestly think that I'm too embarrassed to say because okay. it's too personal. <laughs> gotcha. Understood. Moving on. <laughs> That's an off-pod conversation. <laughs> Moving on. Um, that was all the questions I had. Did you have anything you wanted to add? Um, Besides the fact that you can't walk to NASA? You can't fucking walk. You can't fucking walk to NASA. Well, okay. And also, like, I understand they had her, like, in an apartment that was probably closer, but... There it, is no there apartment. There isn't okay. anything like that there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what happens when you drive down that road, okay? You're going to drive down that road, mm-hmm. and you're going to start in Lake City. Or, no, you're going to start in Webster, because mm-hmm. you get off of... Now i got to pull the map up, because I have to see this to fucking tell you yeah, guys. Yeah, you get off in Webster... And then you, you go get down, off in Webster, right? You, you go down Clear Lake Boulevard, I think it is. You go down Clear Lake Boulevard, right? And you just fucking keep driving. Until you and see the NASA. Until you see NASA. And then you drive past NASA. And once you're past NASA, guess what you see? Water. Because you're in Seabrook. Because you just hit the Galveston Bay. Because NASA is a postage stamp. Mm-hmm. In the massive map that is Houston. Houston is this. Mm-hmm. NASA's down here. It's not that big, gang. They don't yeah. launch rockets there. They don't. 
It's not what you guys think. No. It is a museum. If it you, is a bunch of labs. If you are curious as to what happens at NASA in um, Houston, um, there is a fantastic book. I'll put it below in the description. The doodly doos. Yeah, in the doodly doos. It's Apollo, How We Got to the Moon. And mm. it's the whole beginning space race of NASA. And That's a good book. Random story. Um, this is how fucking space cowboy they were. Pieces were being built in different um, in different uh, shops yeah. and different companies were building them. And they got two pieces of the space capsule together, but mm-hmm. they were made by different people and they didn't quite fit. So they just like took a file and started yeah. it. soldered it and started banging it shit together. Yeah. Like that would never fly today, literally uh, and figuratively. But Literally, you can't take a pencil out of that building mm-hmm. without permission. Yet. Right. But um, like, but NASA's NASA insane. Houston, um, part of that was strategic because of politically, um, oh, yeah. because the vice president Texas. Johnson um, and the the astronauts and their families all lived in Clear Lake, Texas. So I mean, they built the, neighborhoods. The Astronauts they, Wives Club also talks about that. That's a nonfiction book about the astronauts. The show was good too. The show was Have very you seen good. That? The book I um, liked the show better than the book because honestly, the book too. was there were so many people to keep track of, and I didn't well, have faces. The book, to them. the book got dry. Dry. Mm-hmm. If the book would have been, I, I mean, I get what the point of the book. The book was about mm-hmm. getting information across. Right. But if they would have did it like Devil in the White City oh, and I more of a. hated that book. Oh, I loved that book. I hated that book. That was like my least favorite read the year that I read it. It read like fiction. No, it didn't. It read like somebody who's a journalist who was trying to write fiction because that's motherfucking what it was. Anyway, oh, Apollo, how we got to the moon, <laughs> um, it talks specifically about what Houston did. It also talked about what happened in Hampton, Virginia, which yeah. is coastal Virginia, where I live. Um, I don't live in Hampton, but I live in coastal Virginia. So it talked about what happened in Hampton, um, which is where they were doing the math. Houston was where all the astronauts lived and trained, but the place where they all took off from was Kennedy Space Center in um, in Florida at in Cocoa in Beach. Cocoa Beach. Right. Because that's it's... so and then there there's also a base in Alabama, which is where they have the space camp. Yep. There's um, Alabama and where they do the training. A lot of training's done out yep. in Alabama. And there's uh there's a, a, a one in Ohio. Um, there's one in the desert. Mm-hmm. An unnamed location. Yeah, in because that one's where they're doing some flight tests as well. Some pilot um, tests. But, but the one in the deserts, we're not. Yeah. The unnamed desert location is also where they do survival skill training. Mm. Yeah. So, um, well, they just drop them. And anyway, that NASA in um, in Houston is still doing a lot of, of science um, engineering, a lot of engineering. <laughs> um, the Mars rovers were being created there. Um, actually, I know somebody whose husband helped. I have a picture of Mars rovers. I'll share it in the stories. I have a picture of Piper Addy in front of the new telescope before it went up. Court got her in. Court snuck her in and took her, showed her the new rovers. Like, I can show you the pictures. It was like a sweet Uncle Court thing. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're going to be an astronaut? I got you. And this is when Court still worked there. Mm-hmm. And he took her around. And he, like, she has a, so my little eight-year-old has a picture in front of a telescope she'll probably be working on one day. And oh, I just I can't. I love it's that. It's like, 
I do too. We made friends with somebody who was in the room when we landed on the moon. He That's was really one of the people that like actually worked in the like comms in Houston. Like, did he tell you it was faked? No. That they were having a pizza party that day? No. No. In fact, he like offered to take us on a, a super behind the scenes tour. Um, those are really fun. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to do those, if you any, know anybody at NASA and they take you behind the scenes, it's really cool. When I first, when we first met Court and Hillary, she made him. He was so he was working on the robot project, uh-huh. and he made she made him take us to meet the see the robots. We're well, gonna see all of them. Well, I all of that is to say you can't motherfucking walk to NASA in Houston. You can't walk. You walk to walk. I mean, there is a sidewalk. But it, but it doesn't also... go into the NASA. No, 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 because it's a security area. Right. Also, it is six lanes. No, sorry, eight lanes. Four on both sides. Well, I think they have another entrance for staff, don't they? Yes, it's still on the four-lane section. So oh. here is where NASA is, and you drive a little bit more, and then that's that plane, and then you drive a little bit more. Move the road down a little bit. So here's the plane. Here's uh-huh. the first entrance. And then as you, you know where that, um, you know where that Hilton is? Uh-huh. That's the back, in that T, that yeah, road there? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's the direction to the back entrance. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, well. Uh, now that you guys have all gotten road directions from Molly. <laughs> none of that was road directions. The only actual word that we said was Clear Lake Boulevard. <laughs> You knew what I meant, though. You could drive based on what I told you. Molly, I lived there. Word. And a lot of, I mean, and you know, I have, we have a good few listeners that are still in Lake City. Yeah. Uh, Leslie's still there. Mm-hmm. I know that for sure. I know Leslie's listening mm-hmm. because she loves us. I love you, Leslie. She gave us House on the Cerulean Sea. She fucking gave us House on the Cerulean so, Sea. So, I mean, there's no, there's nothing. There's no going back on that one. That's it. That's it for me. Like House mm-hmm. on the Cerulean Sea is my favorite book that I read last year at all. Like favorite book I read last year at all. And I, gotta say I would say that um, that says something because um, I read a lot of motherfucking books. All right. Let's talk about next week. All right. Let's talk about next week. I love that idea. Let's talk about next week. All right. Oh, uh, I can do so funny all right um so i was about to show you this book which is the one we just talked about so that's not gonna do it this one so next week we're gonna talk about delilah green doesn't care care. by ashley herring blake molly pick molly pick and then we're going to talk about book lovers by emily henry this is my second read of this book charlie lastra and then we're gonna word on it and then we're gonna. I've inserted it. Yet. Then we're gonna wrap out the month with the spiciest book I've ever read. Fifty Shades of Grey does not count because the writing was so poor it was a turnoff. The Fine Print by Lauren a- Lauren Asher, and this is a series. Spicy. It's the, yeah, it's the Dreamland Billionaire series, and I bought the next two. <laughs> <laughs> the second one had been out for a little bit and the third one came out this week that we're filming and look how thick this motherfucker is i was like damn They're thick books that's a lot of banging but it's They're like thick so books. much thicker than the first one yeah i was like that's a lot of banging <laughs> mm-hmm. so anyway that's what we're going to be reading and um 
check social media for what we'll do in March. We probably won't post that to the middle of this month. Um, but we do have some fun guests in March, including we our do. friends. Don't forget, we're going to be in Annapolis, gang, in yep. April. April 29th, we will be at the Annapolis Book Con. We'll, we'll be, I know. We'll be live streaming. And we will also be interviewing some authors that will be recorded. And that will be an episode that will come out in May. And we'll put the link to that in the drive. In the drive. In the drive. In the bot. Yep. In the description. Those are the words she's looking for, guys. I got you, girl. That's it. I got you, boo. That's it. All right. It is been a long damned week. I know. I know, right? We uh, need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. We knew. Okay, so. Till next time, fuckers. <laughs> Stop calling our fans fuckers. Besties, we love you. Thank you for joining us. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was Love on the Brain by Allie Hazelwood. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you would like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, bookbestiespodcast.com. Until next time, besties, get lost in your favorite book.